The following podcast contains spoilers and is spooky as fuck. <laughs> Scare you? Oh, no. I scared you. <laughs> no. Yeah, look at you. You're all spooked and shit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Happy Spooktober, everybody. It is one of the most wonderful times of the year, especially for film watching. If you like spooky movies and dreary weather, this is just the time. And you know who doesn't like that? My wife, Noose. How you doing? I'm scared. <laughs> not looking forward to this. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a big month on the show, as well as all of our regular episodes, and we have some great guests coming up. I've got Sam coming back from Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, Julio from The Contrarians, Emily Higgins from Tasteless, we're going to top it all off with uh, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, but as well as all of that, I somehow managed to convince... I'm always trying to convince you to watch scary movies. You are. Or at least once a week, I say, let's watch a spooky movie. And you're like, fuck off. (laughs) I finally convinced you to do it with me for the public, no less. (laughs) I convinced you to do a bonus episode every Saturday in October. We're going to do five. We're going to hit all of the big five. We're going to do aliens, ghosts, vampires, werewolves, and zombies. (laughs) How are you feeling? I'm a, I'm a little concerned. And so I'm hoping because these are the classics that they will be my kind of horror. Something with an actual plot, not yeah. just a murderous rampage. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do classic horrors. I did, I did toy with, you know, whether we should do classic slashes, you know, like nope. Freddy Krueger and, and Mike Myers. Or <laughs> Mike, <Yeah>. Mike, Mike <laughs> Myers. <I> definitely no. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> uh, but no. Nah, We're going with classics here, and so I'm really, really excited for this. The first one we're going to kick into today is 1978 classic remake, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Do you know anything about this film? Nah. Bodies being snatched. (laughs) It's in the title. Um, I know nothing about this film. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with horror. Like, there must be some that you like. Nope. You don't like when a movie like like you don't like that feeling. Oh, I liked I liked Get Out. I really liked that. I hate just mindless jump scares, mindless murdering. That doesn't appeal to me at all. Because it's fun. Nope. (laughs) Why do people go on roller coasters? I don't go on roller coasters. I ask (laughs) them, is the is it over a forty feet drop? And if they say yes, I'm out. I'm out of that line. That's true. You're you're pretty lame like that. I'm cool. All right. So Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a 1978 American science fiction horror film directed by Philip Kaufman and starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Veronica Cartwright, Jeff Goldblum, and Leonard Nimoy. Uh, It was released in December of 1978, and it's a remake of the 1956 film of the same name. It's hailed as one of the greatest remakes of all time, and the Chicago Film Critics Association have named it the 59th scariest film ever made. So... Shall we, shall we rip in? No. Let's get spooky. <laughs> All right. We're back. How did you feel about that? That was great. That, that wasn't was sc- excellent. That wasn't scary at all. Okay. So that was going to be one of my questions. So on the Halloween scale, 
you would not rate that you were not scared at any point in this film. No, there was one jump scare and it like it was fine. And there was one bit I was a bit like, ew, but that's fine. I'm fine with gore. I just don't like Do you think thinking, it- oh, this this could be me. Like after I watched Paranormal Activity years ago with you, I never slept with my feet at the end of the bed for the longest <laughs> time. I don't want to feel like that. This was great. Do you think this movie has a rightful place? In a series like this, like Halloween yeah, movies, yeah, yeah, this stood this stood up to the test of time. It was very good. It holds up very, very mm, well, doesn't it? This yeah. is a very well made film. From the moment it opened, the music and the the, the wispy things, you know, that travel on the solar winds, yeah, to Earth, um, yeah, it all looked really amazing. Yeah, every single shot in this, they're all practical effects. And this is a year after Star Wars. So, this isn't like before the times, like out of the realm of possibility of doing digital effects, you know, even But we know from like- Star Wars as well that practical effects hold up better. Yeah, that's true. Always. But this movie mm, holds, up, the, holds up so well. You know, every time you see one of the pod people transforming or even, you know, like one of the most like- mind-bogglingly spooky effects is the pod people don't always get it right and at one point there's a homeless guy sleeping next to his dog and so a pod person kind of melds them together when it forms and becomes a dog that was the one part that didn't hold up you know that's a dog wearing a mask didn't its face move yeah just by sheer coincidence the dog happened to poke its tongue through the the mouth hole of the yeah, mask. Yeah, it was in probably like, get this fucking mask off my face. And it just makes that it so spooky horrifying. because the mask is very realistic, and then you've yeah. got this actual dog tongue poking out of it. That actually, I take it back. That was the one part where I was truly, truly scared. I was like, what is that? But geez, that holds up well. Oh, I, I see. I didn't think that part held up really well, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. The rest of the film looked amazing. The wispy things at the start and then when they latch onto a leaf on Earth and kind of, uh, I don't know, multiply and sort of gelatinously, I don't know, expand. That was really cool. I felt like I could have been watching an old documentary. Yeah, yeah. And when when you see them kind of taking form, like when there is the one that is slowly transforming into Goldblum and it's kind of- Waxy and 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 even and just hairs. little details, yeah, covered in hairs and little Hair details. Like they don't have nipples while they're forming as well, because yeah, they're kind of no still getting it right. Like, yeah, 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 very, very cool. Yes, it was. It was all very put together really well. But more importantly, it had an actual plot. Well, here we go. Before we move on too far, what is it about Noosk? No, Come stop on. putting me on the spot. It is about these. Creepy alien-like things that don't really have form until they take human form. Well, I would say they're plant-based. Yeah, plant-based, but then they're able to talk once they're in human form. Like he says, you know, we came from a dying planet. And I'm like, so did Superman, but he didn't invade anyone's body, you assholes. (laughs) Anyway, um, so they come to the planet and uh, botanist doctor lady, I, I don't know. I think she works at the Department of Health. Yeah, I, I sort of was confused about her um, sort of expertise. Like, she, she's definitely an expert and she's an awesome character, but I wasn't sure where she necessarily fit in, um, sort of what her specialty was. But anyway, um, yeah, she she is the one who sort of clues into what's happening and it's all because of her dickhead boyfriend, Jeff, who is a dick. <laughs> 
Sutherland's right when he's like, oh, if it's you know, it's an improvement on his character. That was that was funny. Yeah, well, that's how you know he's a pod person because he's not being a complete c- anymore. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> but man, great cast. Brooke Adams as cast. the doc- as the main Doctor Elizabeth, and Donald Sutherland as her colleague. What a babe! I didn't know Donald Sutherland used to be a babe. Yeah, yeah, I was digging him. What you want? You want to tap the Don? Not now. <laughs> Back then, yeah. And speaking of babes, you got Goblum knocking oh, around. Oh, Goblum. I love He Goblum. is so young in this film. Yeah. It's it's almost weird. He's actually in some ways less handsome. I feel like he hasn't grown into his face yet. Yeah, his because teeth he's look a really fucking, big and yeah. his nose is giant. Yeah, because he's a stupid man and you people all get more handsome as you get older, <laughs> providing you can keep your hair. Hey, Billy. <gasps> what? That's I shit. went there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've still got it. I love your hair. Um, yeah. He needed to grow into his facial features a bit, but my God, that nose. I love that nose. <laughs> love a big nose. On. Anyway. It is a great story. <laughs> I love the idea that these creatures start as seeds and kind of grow as like a plant-based organism into mm. a a life-based organism like an like it's it's very cool. Well it's never clear exactly how they do it. You know, they do they get into the nostrils of the person and replicate their DNA and then figure it out. I, I don't know. It's never really like truly explained, but that you kind of don't need it. Like Yeah, the only a, thing that's obvious is that they need the original person to fall asleep yes. to be able to replic to finish the replication and that's process. Inexplicable too, but you kind of you you just let it wash over you because there's enough plot there that you're interested, but you don't need it fully explained like yeah. a Michael Crichton book either. So back to Jeffrey being a complete dickhead. They're kissing and then he still notices the score on the basketball game they're watching. Yeah, that's men. <laughs> <gasps> you're a bad egg. I'm not a bad egg. I'm not a bad egg. But if we were kissing and, I don't know, The Departed was on or something, I w- I'd watch Wahlberg. <laughs> And they never kissed again. <laughs> you know what I did like? I loved the little uh, time capsule this is of the 70s. It's yeah. just the the cord going back into the wall after the phone call yeah. and, and all the 70s fashion, like all the flared jeans and pants. I was just – and the high waists. I was, I was really on board with this. Yeah. Yeah, visually. <laughs> yeah, even just like from a filmmaking perspective, I think this holds up in so many ways and it's – very well put together. And I think part of the reason it doesn't date so much, it's actually quite a modern looking film, I think. I don't think the cinematography dates itself that much. No. And I think a lot of that is because it's very clearly, you know, even though it's a colour film, it's very clearly trying to harken back to noir films. And so there's lots of really interesting lighting details. Mm. You know, that scene when he's when Donald Sutherland is hiding in the wardrobe and he's, you know, lit up and got all these shadows all over his face and No, I found that scene a little confusing actually. Really? Because he ducks into the cupboard. We like we think, yes, that's what he's headed to do. And then we see Jeffrey, Dickhead Jeffrey come in and he's lit up and the lighting there is not what the lighting would be if you were hiding behind the door. And mm. so, yeah, I, I became a bit unclear as to who was where in that scene. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I loved it. And I love all the use of lighting. I, the one thing that really dated the film for me is the score. It is so 70s, bizarre, kind of jazzy. You know, I have the no, same thing. I liked thing, it a lot. I have the same thing with Taxi Driver where I love the film and then there's just this weird bit where there's all this saxophone and it's like, okay. <laughs> same thing happens here. Particularly, I find it gets stranger as it goes on. The climax of the, of the film where they're 
they're running away and they're on the docks and they find mm. the boat and stuff. And the music is blaring mm. and pumping and it's really kind of discordant and you but, know, there's but a I lot think it's of supposed stuff to going, be because well, yeah, it's, definitely. it's trying to tell you, look, they're saved and in fact they're not. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually quite liked the score in all parts of it. I really liked the music at the beginning and then I really enjoyed the sort of droning sound we had later on, sort of more atmospheric. And then at times there was like an ultrasound to that. That sound was a kind a really, of heartbeat sound. Yeah, but it was. It still had like the whooshy, yeah. It still had the whoosh like that it's comes coming with through an old, veins. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. was a really interesting choice. I actually really enjoyed. The, I think the, the sound score. design is very strong. Like the iconic scream of the pod people when they notice somebody Ugh, who's not. You know, w- yeah. And that brilliant final shot of mm. Donald Sutherland when you realise, oh fuck, he's turned. he's a pod person. He's a pod. I mean, he had to fall asleep sometime, as they said. So yeah. they kind of just. Allowed but it to I, lo- I love how long they let that hang for. Like, yes. it's, it's funny, you know, it's in some ways, of course, he's a pod person. Mm. He's out in the community now. No one's weirdly screaming at him. Yeah. But like, there's a little bit of you that's like, well, maybe he's just pretending. Maybe he's learned how yeah. to have a fool. You live in hope. Yeah. And then you get that brilliant scene where she comes back and she somehow has managed to avoid it all. Mm. And then he screams. Yeah. And it was a great ending. It's this amazing blend. I know that they used a pig scream for some of it. Like really? there's a whole bunch of different sounds blended in there. And that sound design is iconic. Mm. I did think that perhaps um, Brooke Adams jumped to Jeffrey being like freaking out about how different he was being a bit quickly. Um, I, I don't know. May- maybe when you're in a yeah, when you're in a relationship with someone, you can just sense that something's not quite right. What I really loved about um, this, and I was writing my notes at the time. So I've I've written oh she jumps to Jeffrey not being Jeffrey pretty quick like you know surely he could just have some kind of mental health issue and then I'm thinking oh no we're in the seventies here yeah and then Donald Sutherland suggests his friend a psychiatrist and she's like a psychiatrist and yeah. I'm like oh we are in the seventies yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know I I mean the whole film really I think is a bit of a statement on paranoia mm. and and you know we've seen this done. A lot of times since then, you know, probably most closely in what is not a great film, Disturbing Behaviour, um, kind of similar- the one with Katie Holmes? Yeah, oh. yeah. Kind of similar to The Stepford Wives. Obviously, we've had the very literal alien taking over a body thing in films like The Astronaut's Wife and oh, The Thing. Creepy, yeah. Um, and I guess it's like, well, what would it take? Like, how long do you think before you would notice if I wasn't me? I don't know. You go through a range of emotions in the space of <laughs> a couple of hours. You go from being completely and utterly depressed and, you know, the end is nigh to, um, you know, your podcasting self. So, I don't know. I'd be like, Billy, go and see a psychologist. <laughs> I, I, but that's because I live in today and not the 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Jeffrey just seems like maybe he was always a bit of a cold dickhead anyway. So, mm. um, I found her instant sort of 
not hysteria, but close to hysteria about it. A bit strange. But yeah. but then it doesn't matter because we get the line from Donald Sutherland, maybe he's become gay. Yeah. And I was laughing and laughing about that because you don't become gay. Yeah. And then and then or a Republican. Yeah. Yeah, just things you don't want people to become yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one thing I love about the film too, is that there's always that question, you know, so we assume that the seed pod she finds is the first one and that that is when the transformations begin. Oh, it had clearly already begun looking back on it because that fucking creeper priest just <laughs> sitting on a children's playground swinging, staring at her back and forth, back and forth. I was That, Look, that the, was truly the, horrifying. The staring is weird, but, you know. I'm a grown man and I enjoy a swing. With children. No, no, no. When I go for my night walks, I'll stop at the playground and have a bit of a swing. That's weird. I Don't love do a swing that. set. Do you actually? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love a swing set. Wait, it stop, feels stop, so free and fun. No. For realsies? For realsies. You sh- Billy, no. Yeah, yeah. I love a swing. Oh my God. Someone's going to report you. You've seen you. me swing. The kids think it's great because they're like, oh my God, he's going higher than the beam. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> Yeah, that's when there's children there. That's yeah, fine. Not my children. No. <laughs> you're joking now, aren't All you? All the neighborhood kids are like, look at that fat guy on the swing. That's fucking dope. You're not even fat anymore, <laughs> so it's not even endearing. Just stop it. I, I actually love that that kind of you know, and you think of a character like Leonard Nimoy, played fucking brilliantly by Leonard Nimoy as the mm. psychiatrist. And there is always that little bit of a question in the back of your head by the end of the film. Yep. When did he turn? Yeah. Like, was, was he, he a pod person from the start of the film? Yeah. Or is it only once he's revealed to be a pod person? It's just- If he wasn't really at the start of story. when we see him, he's a pretty shit bloke. Like, he's like, ma'am, 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 go home yeah. with your husband, ma'am, ma'am. And I'm like, ugh. That was psychiatry in I the know, 70s. I know, I know. At one point, at one point- I remember Mad Men. I've seen At it. one point, they're cracking- um, pills of speed that are like <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. It'll keep us awake. Yeah. What is it? Speed. Oh, well, the take, dosage take, says. Take, dosage says take one. Take five. I'm like five. <laughs> you might die. Yeah. It's but insane. It's, it's the seventies dosage that was of the speed. Seventies. <laughs> <laughs> If but, only. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not just Leonard Nimoy. This entire cast is so good. Brooke Strong. Adams is fantastic as Elizabeth the She's Doctor. amazing. She and, carries the film. And for a film from 78, I think it's surprisingly feminism me. It starts out. Like, I... a lot of, like, everyone listens to her. Like, no, she's. No. Eh, eh, what? Yeah. No. It's funny. Even though Donald Sutherland is the quote unquote final girl, <laughs> she's, she's a fucking hero, man. She is a hero. I love her. I don't like that um, because at first I was really enjoying her and Donald Sutherland's relationship where he was was taking her mostly seriously. Like, you know, like your friend says to you, he's acting weird and he's like, well, sounds like an improvement on Jeffrey. And I'm like, gotcha, Donald. But then for the most part, he does believe her, including when Nimoy's like, listen, ma'am, you're being ridiculous. However- then they turn the corner of the building and he's like, put her in the car. Okay, Nimoy, what should I do? And he's fully believing Nimoy. And I'm like, ah. Uh, well, Nimoy's a doctor. Turn, turn back around doctors. the corner You're and you were listen like, to listen Dr. to her. Spock. No, no. <laughs> he was annoying. Um, for the most part, I really liked their relationship. I loved that she was a badass doctor and it centered around her figuring it out. However, then the film turns into her going, what should we do now? And him looking after her for the rest of the time. 
That pissed me off. Why couldn't she have led the charge the whole time? Oh, the 70s. Okay, so so then you've just made your point, though, that it's not, like, fully, yeah, woo-hoo, feminist film, okay? Um, okay? I did find there was a bit of inconsistency because you really thought it was going to come back. The weird thing she can do with her eyes. I did think that was going to come back. I thought that that was going to be like a reveal at the end that, you know, she couldn't do it. And yeah. and that's how you know she's a pod person. Yeah. But it actually seems like it was just something cool she could do. And so they just threw it they into the movie. They just threw it in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I I had friends in school who could do that I've, with their eyes. I've never seen anybody do that before. Really? It freaked me out. No, I One had kids in school One of the scariest parts of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, I thought for sure it would come back and it didn't. So that was a bit annoying. But I guess it was kind of building just their relationship and how yeah, how, cu- how yeah. cute they are because they are super cute together. Yeah. I thought their kiss was pretty great. It was it was nice how how quietly and slowly it happened, but his mo got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mate, trim that down. It's, it's too big. It's so clear from the start of the movie that he wants to smash. Do you think that they're- I hate when you say smash. Do you smash. think they were having a- a bit of at least an emotional affair, even when she was with Jeffrey. Um, because she I turns to him think- very, very quickly. Yeah, because Jeffrey is shit. Mm. I don't think she would have classed it as an emotional affair, but and and you certainly said at one point, oh, because they're having an affair, and I was like, no, they're not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I really liked their rela- relationship. I found it quite heartwarming that they could just be friends, and you know, when the opportunity struck, sure they were. Yeah. In fact, interested in each other. But, you know, it's a bit like, yeah, X-Files. Like, they just spend a lot of the time turning from colleagues to friends rather than colleagues to something more. Yeah, yeah. So, a fun fact. the Both the novel and the original book are actually set in quite a small rural town. Kind of oh, one of those small, you know, everybody knows everybody kind Not of San places. Fran. No. Mm. And so, when- um, so, when Kaufman decided to remake it, he was the one who wanted to do something kind of different with it and move it to San Fran and the idea of it, you know, taking place in this large city where, you know, I think that's one of the great things this film does is with all, docks all the, all the means background it's going to spread you know? for sure. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, definitely. That population and, and the Bay Area. But all of the all the background players, you know, like it's not just this small town where everybody knows everybody. It really, I think, plays up more to that level of paranoia because mm. you'll be walking through the city and you look around and you're like, well, I don't even know what these people were like before. Yeah. So, who's to say whether I, they're real I made a, a note similar to that, um, that, wow, anyone can look creepy when walking across the street. Yeah. There's lots of shots and the way the camera is set up, it's like slightly behind her. So, you get sort of like her profile in there or- um, you know, sometimes just like the edges of the car windows and it's just a shot of people walking across the street. In any other film, it wouldn't look like anything. But yeah. in this film, you're like, oh, that's a pod person. Yeah. It was really clever. Yeah. Well, it's such a smart concept, the idea of the pod person, that is like so perfect. You know, like they are able to resemble a person so well, but what they're missing is, I guess, like the, the emotion mm. and it's like- well, that's what her friend says, um, you know, th- you can tell because they're not emotional. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for her poor friend at the end. I did find it a strange costume or wardrobe choice, I should say, to have both the women wearing red dresses at the end, like the flowers. I thought, oh, okay, is this 
alluding to something like the two women will be changed or they already are. But it was, I guess, there was just some red dresses there that day and it looked good. Maybe. Yeah. But that's one of the beauty of films. I love when there's a film like this where you actively go digging and looking for symbolism. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. This has to mean something. Because when they were running around in the dark, the two women could look very similar, except one was blonde, one was brunette, and the two men were kind of in, you know, nothing beigey clothes. Yeah. Um, I loved the shot where they're hiding under the stairs and the pod people are walking down the stairs. Yeah. And between the footsteps, they are perfectly lined up in the gaps of the stairs. It's lit really nicely. I did think it looked a little like an ABBA album, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was nice. I liked that. It hits so many of those kind of classic horror movie tropes as well without actually being that much of a horror movie. You know, there is yeah, that whole it. kind of fearful aspect of, well, anybody could be mm. a pod, you know, and you don't know what's going on. And lots of and little then, things to allude to it yeah. without, like, ramming it in your face that, you know, feel afraid right yeah. now. And then you get that next level Freddy Krueger fear of, I cannot fall asleep, which is mm. one of the hardest things in the world to do when you know you don't you're not allowed to sleep. That's when it's the hardest. Like I want to sleep all the time. You said to me at one point, how long do you think you could stay awake? And I was like, 10 minutes. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very but, tired. Exactly. I'm always tired. And that's what makes Bloody it kids. so scary. It's like when you see someone who has to hold their breath and you're like, well, I'd be dead by now. Mm. It's the same thing here. And you it's do it like, with the film. <laughs> I don't think I could stay awake another 90 minutes after this movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved the device of the um, coat being inflated in the laundromat when he, when the like the laundromat owner has said, "It's not my wife. She's not my wife. She looks yeah. like my wife, but she's not my wife." And then instantly, like, goes to steam a coat and inflates it yeah. like there's someone inside it. And I was like, "That's so cool. I really liked that." Yeah, yeah. And then later on, when he goes back, and and the guy is like, "No, everything's fine now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. He's also a pod person. I found Nimoy looking so warm and emotive at first, mostly when he's dealing with his fans. Very strange because I'm used to seeing him as Spock. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. <laughs> really? And so having him like smile and, um, you know, like caress people. And of course, then later he got quite angry as well when he was like, so what you're telling me is, you know, that there's flowers and there's, you know, pod people and- I really liked Jeff Goldblum getting in his face and <laughs> saying, she's upset, she's upset, with his hand <laughs> in his face. Yeah. yeah. You don't like when the women are upset. <laughs> I found it um, a, a respectable choice of the film when the crazy person, well, he's not crazy, he's paranoid like she is, yeah. came up to the car and he's like, they're going to get you too. And then we turn the corner and we just hear the car crash. Yeah. We don't see it. That See, that is my kind of horror. We don't need to see that for it to not be shocking. Yeah. When they <laughs> Although, turn the corner and he's just there dead. Yes. And all of those pods are, are just, gathered around him. Yeah, they're him. just watching him. Yeah. And <laughs> cracked me up, spoken like a true white man. Donald Sutherland, the policeman will help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you would say that. <laughs> 
I found it funny when you were like, a mud bath's still a thing? You oh were my completely God. outraged. I had to Google that. I've never heard of a mud bath. It sounds absolutely disgusting. Nah, it sounds awesome. Apparently, it's really high end. They definitely yeah. still exist and in fucking fancy places. Well, it's funny. I've never seen one and you and I have been to some fancy spas. We did that on our honeymoon, remember? The you know the one in Las Vegas yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Got a pumpkin spice facial. That was weird. <laughs> um, but I've definitely had a mud wrap- yeah. But not an entire sink into it mud bath. I, yeah. Like, how can that stay clean? Well, yeah. Ugh. And there's something great about that scene because I guess even if a mud bath is fancy, it still looks disgusting. It looks foul. It looks gross. Yep. And that poor woman just having to clean up and then massage that guy. I was just like, yeah. oh, love. And when Goldblum has to reach his arm into that into the oh. bath of mud to pull, it, there's just something about it that's nasty. God knows how many hairs are in there. I mean, the pod people grow hair and then other, like, normal human people have hair. And I was just like, yeah. I don't, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be touching that. But he owns it, so I guess that's his job. <laughs> I found it a bit strange that the cop was very happy to hand over to the psychiatrist. When um, he's like, no, like he took Elizabeth, and he's like, no, no, Elizabeth was here. She, he was he, like, yeah. And then the cops just like, okay, Nimoy, take over. I think yep, th- you cool. Yeah. And I was like, what? But I think that's one of those great things where it's like, well, fuck, is that guy already a pod? And we oh, just don't know. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, probably. Like that's one of the great things about yes. this film. I think in the story is that you could watch it back and and really question. Who's who? And you could almost get as paranoid as the characters doing that. That makes way more sense because I was like, it's the 70s. No one believes psychiatrists are a thing. And yeah. and then, you know, why would a cop ever give up the power in a situation anyway? No, no. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Beautiful, I take it all back. beautiful set design in that in that bedroom as well. The kind of glass box that, that she's in mm. growing and forming with all the plants around her. Yes. And- Bit strange as to where it all came from. All of a sudden, it like grew. the plants, the pl- it grew yeah, from not the, the glass seed. box. Oh, the glass box. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit. Wait, odd. You don't have a glass box in your bedroom. No, you, d- you don't have like a little bit of a, a Snow White box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I I found Nemo's character quite annoying. Um, I was just like, okay, we get it. He's just here to be the skeptic. And then, of course, it was revealed later he's a pod person. I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. But I don't know why it didn't make sense earlier. It, like, it never occurred to me. Maybe I'm just dumb, but maybe it was also the clever filmmaking. I think it's really clever filmmaking because Aww, even thanks, me, babe. at any point, like, who knows? I couldn't tell you when he transitions. No. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. And that's kind of the beauty of it is that Elizabeth has never met him before, so she doesn't mm. know if he's any different. He's a psychiatrist, so he's probably already kind of a distant person. Perhaps, yeah. So it's like it would be very hard to tell with some people whether they are the. He was certainly they know warm and emotive pods. at the party, so I feel like maybe he hadn't turned at that point. Maybe, perhaps. But yeah, he. Um, or maybe he's just a very advanced pod who had learned to ooh, act. Yeah, you know, you just, yeah. He was just. Oh, he kept getting in the way, and it was aggravating me. I felt like I felt very much on Brooke Adams' behalf. Yeah. <laughs> What was an interesting um, thing about the film was that when we stopped halfway to heat up our lava kegs, which everyone should do while watching a horror film, um, we had no idea we were halfway. It oh. felt like we, it was starting to wrap up. It moves and yet, at a beautiful pace. And yet it didn't feel like it was too long either. No. Like we didn't feel like at that point, oh, God, it's not even done yet. We've not a long movie. It's just a sniff under two hours. It's like an hour 55 or something. I would say by the end- 
like, yeah, I, I do think it could be edited down a little. There are some scenes that drag on a bit. To but me, I, this I really is a enjoyed near it. Perfect film. And one of the things I love about it is that it moves at such a strong pace that you get halfway through and you simultaneously can't believe that you're already halfway finished and that you're halfway through it like it's it's mm. it's crazy it just yeah for the most part i really enjoyed really the pace towards the end there were just you know like the running away scene and then that we kind of did another double up of the running away scene and then um him you know sort of just trying to destroy all the flowers um where they were growing them and transporting them um uh, yeah, I felt like some things could be edited down just a touch um, to keep it a little tighter, but I, I I did really enjoy it, and I enjoyed the pace because it it allowed the story to breathe. It wasn't like okay, let's just you know develop some kind of weak plot and then get to all the murdering. Yeah, I really felt his disappointment when you can see that the ships aren't going to be their ticket out of there. Yeah, yeah, he I I feel I feel like he acted that really well, and because you'd had the sort of emotive music playing. Um, amazing Grace, and then he gets there and he's like, oh, the fucking flowers are being loaded on. Yeah. And he's had to leave her to go check that out. Yeah. Because she can't walk or something at that point. And, um, yeah, that sort of in turn leads to her death. That Yeah, I really felt that. It that is, was sad. It is funny as a viewer how much you really believe he's going to get away at that point. Yeah. When, when there is the shit. And, and then the you second- You know they've you been s- injected with it. That's yeah. the weird thing. Like, you you, you still hold out hope, but yeah. it's not going to help. And you can't the, take speed forever. <laughs> and then the second you see them loading those giant seed pods onto the ship and you're like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. They're efficient. These aliens are nothing but efficient. Yeah. Though I really did love that we watched the Treehouse Horror- clip of from the simpsons afterwards and that gave me my happy ending that in fact by letting the pod people take over their bodies they their subconscious got transported to another like heavenly world and that that sat nicely with me that was a nice ending to the film even though it's actually not part of the film at all you're so cute can't have a 70s flick without some boobs though gotta have some bare naked boobs in there (laughs) You do. Yeah. You do have I was to. like, uh, okay. It's not. It's neither a 70s film or a horror film without at least a hint of tipple. Yeah. There was, there was more than tipple. It was tasteful, though. She was, you know, behind the plants and- Planty tipple is still tipple. So, part of the reason I wanted to do this one first of the five is that even though you're not really a horror person- You do like aliens. And I know that you're, you know, a, a fan of X-Files and so- I thought that this might be a good kind of start to Spooktober for us. Yeah. So, you weren't scared once in this film. No. um, I do totally fine with gore, and there were some gross things. When the plant is giving birth, ew. And as someone who has given birth, ew. But- it was Yeah, it was pretty disgusting, and I really liked that the film just let you sit in the horror of it all. It did not speed that up. Yeah. There were other parts I could have done with a little less, but that part, I was like, yeah, this is this is cool. Yeah. Um, And the part where she, she kind of uh, disintegrates. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's her sort of, like, yeah, dying and her pod person, I guess, 
comes to life then. I yeah, don't know how it works, yeah. but that that was pretty cool and gross. And um, oh no no no, when he's standing on his own head, he's killing his oh yeah his, his pod person. Yeah, he can't bring himself to destroy hers, but then he stomps on his own face. Yeah. Oh my god, that was horrific. Yeah, that was. But that's that's my kind of horror where it's kind of a little sciencey too, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that you see people stomping on their own heads in the so. <laughs> so, so, but you do feel like classing this as as a horror. Like this feels like a Halloween season film to you. I I, I can't really comment on that because I don't watch horrors as a general rule. Yeah. So while this is my kind of horror, I think there'd be plenty of people who are like, oh, "This isn't a horror these days." Yeah, yeah. So, so all right. How are you scoring this then? I really liked it. I really, really did. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe an 8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I'm, do think it needs a little bit of editing. I'm a 9 out of 10. I love mm. this film. It feels super Halloween-y to me. I, th- these are the kind of films I like to watch at Halloween, you know, like- uh- no. I mean, First, I'm- you suggested terrible schlocky horrors that all sound like a porn when you I read them. I love a schlocky horror as well. I, I was like, I'm okay, let me read the synopsis. And I love all And you were like, okay. And then I was like, no, 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 no. And you were getting more and more upset by the minute. And I, I was, was like, not- find me better horrors or we're not doing this. I love this. all horrors, honestly. I- you do? Yes. Yeah. Mm, no. So, horror movies aren't the only thing that, that I love and you hate. You also hate beer, but one oh, thing one thing I love gross. to do, especially in October, is, is, theme a, themed, is a theme. You theme beer. your beers all the time, depending <laughs> on what we're watching. I, I do. Oh my god, I do. I often have a you know a be kind rewind or a VHS and chill when we're watching something from the nineties. <laughs> but I, I very embarrassingly messaged uh, my mate who runs the bottle shop, saying, "Have you got anything in that's kind of you know like Halloweeny?" Did you actually? I, I did. Oh my did. god! And so I, I'm just I'm just going to share each week what what beer I'm having as we partake in the film. So this what? week. This week, since it was, you know, seed, you know, pod people, you know, they're plant-based, I went with a all-green everything, and I didn't feel like that was quite halloween enough, so then I had a mega beast freak. Is that the one you made me try? Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, it was good stuff. I hate beer. It's disgusting. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait for day. the upcoming weeks. I've got some really good beers on the, on the cards. Oh, my God. Just start a beer podcast already, Billy. Nobody cares. Okay, so what do you want to get to next week? Shall we, shall we do ghosts or vampires, zombies? Um, ghosts, I guess. Ghosts, ghosts next? Are, yeah, as long as it's not paranormal activity ghosts, I, All right. I should be okay. All right, let's, let's get to some ghosts. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And I'll catch you next week. <laughs> that's, that's me being a ghost. Can I expect this behavior for all of October? You absolutely can. Great.